so I want to start this new this two part series called Fearless. And uh, fear. When I thought of the word fearless, I thought of like, uh, what was it? Fearfully and wonderfully made. You have you ever heard that? I thought of that. I thought of like a really like cute sugar you know, sugar quote, like, it's like, oh, fearfully, you're like fearless and whatnot. I thought of that. I thought of that. And I was like, no, I don't want to make it so, like an inspirational series. Now it is, it is October or October. I almost said October, <laughs> but it is October. So I wanted to have like in October, when you think of October, you think of Halloween. So, so when I thought of it, I'm like, okay, fear is like the first thing, like being afraid of something like horror or terror or whatever. So I thought of the word fear. So, and it's a great topic because it's a really cool segue into talking about being, being fearless. So one of the things that I researched was that fear holds many Christians captive to a lesser life, which means that fear is like the, 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 the main decision that you have when it comes to not just being like, not just being afraid in life, but like making a decision in life. Fear is the number one tactic that is used in our decisions. Fear is also the main tactic that we have in our thought life. Fear is something that is such a, what's it called? It's, it's some of the biggest, it's actually fear is the root of anxiety. Fear is one of the biggest roots that where anxiety comes from. Now, if you're diagnosed, that's very different. But anxiety mainly comes from the root, spiritually, the root of fear. And because it's spooky month, I wanted to do something like fear-based talking about fear. And I wanted to know, I wanted, I don't want to just be like, no, don't be afraid, be fearless in Christ. But I want to, I want to dive deeper. That was good. I want to dive deeper into, into the word fear. And I want to talk about this for the next two weeks. Um, but like I said, it's funny because I read, I read this. Christians are more afraid than lost people. I read that. And I, I was like, okay, that's a weird statistic because naturally Christians aren't supposed to be afraid. We're supposed to trust God. But the tactic of where fear comes from, it's not just, it doesn't just go away. Fear doesn't just go away. Fear is a deeper root than it is. And that's why I'm excited to dive into it the next two weeks because I want to show you how strong fear has. Because here's another deal. If a lost person is, is not experiencing fear, the devil doesn't have to mess with a lost person. He doesn't have to because they're already lost. He's not going to do anything with them. He, they're, they're already doing what he wants them to do. They're, gonna, they're chilling. For us, as we live for Christ, as we have a common enemy, that's where fear can hit us the most. And so... So I want us to read our theme scripture, actually, 2 Timothy 1.7. This is going to be our theme for the next two weeks. It's uh, Paul's telling Timothy. Now, Timothy's really young. Timothy, I don't know the age. I know he was really young, probably my age, maybe less. And he was uh, a, a, a disciple in a temple, and he was going to build his own church. Now, Paul was his, like, mentor, mentor. So Paul was trying to put into Timothy the, the not just the Christian values, but the personal relationship that he can have with God. And one of the things that he puts in here for Timothy is a scripture you've probably heard of before if you've grown up in church. But but there's a deeper there's a deeper there's a deeper meaning behind what what Paul's talking about in this little verse. Verse seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timid timidity or being timid." 
but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Another verse, another translation says, a sound mind. Now, the reason why I say this is deeper than it is because he's not just talking about, he's not talking about the feeling of fear. He's not talking about that. If you read it again at verse 7, he says, not giving us a spirit of fear. Fear is not just a feeling. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit where it hits a lot deeper. It hits the feelings of you. You can feel afraid, but fear can go as far as you walking or being in fear. That's what fear can do spiritually. So for week one of our series, Fearless, two-week series, week one, I want to talk about walking in fear. That's week one's title, walking in fear. Um, I want to do it. Boy, you'll flash on. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to actually search up uh, has anyone ever done this? Like you nonchalantly think, I'm going to look up a phobia list. Have you ever thought about that? Like you'll be up at like 3 a.m. and you're like, man, I'm going to search a phobia list. Let me, let me, let me show you what I found. I heard that's a part of the list. Hold on. Don't spoil it. I want to read the list first. There's a funny, there's a very funny phobia list. I did this before. Hold on, hold on. Y'all pay attention. Pay attention. Thank you. Let me get your attention right here. So, um, so a few, if you, if I don't know if some of y'all remember, I preached a series and then it, and then did like a solo message on a on a sermon call for the people in the back, and I talked about in one of the I talked about in one of the points about fear. Fear was one of the points, and so I listed phobias, and I thought it was hilarious because I found a lot more phobias than I was expecting. So I want, but this is funny. It's not it's not something gross and nasty. This is just some regular phobias that I'm about to talk about. So this is what us as teenagers can relate to. This one's called nomophobia, the fear of being without your mobile phone. How many, just, that just gives you anxiety hearing that, oh man, my phone. Because I kid you not, I, had, I did that one time, I lost my phone. I, I had it, it was away in my room for a couple minutes. And what happened, hand down. And what happened was, was that, I, I literally panicked. I didn't know where my phone was at all. And I'm like, why am I panicking over phone? I was like, I never used to have a phone until I was like, pretty much I didn't get like a data phone until I was like 16. But, but like I was, when I was 13, I had my first like iPod. So I was like, I was like, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was just so like, so like, 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 like so a part of me has gone. I don't know if that's for y'all, but it felt like a part of me was gone. But that's one of the fears, the fear of being without a mobile phone. Uh, Atheromophobia, the fear of numbers. If you have a number problem, number. Plutophobia, fear of money. That's why some of us are broke. And xanthrophobia, the fear of the color yellow. So uh, I've tried to find that. I thought about you, Brooklyn. I was about to find the fear of feet. Aflophobia, I didn't ask you how to talk. Aflophobia, the fear of bathing. So if you stink, then I'll, then you can use that as an excuse. If you haven't showered in days, you can use the excuse, I have ablophobia. So, <laughs> I don't know. Octophobia, the fear of the number eight. Optophobia, I didn't ask y'all to talk, I'm sorry, I didn't ask y'all to talk. Optophobia, the fear of opening one's eye. Globophobia, the fear of balloons. And then look, the fear of the long words. It's called hippototomostrosis. It's like a real fear of long words. You make a phobia of a long word. How do you do that? I didn't actually talk. Well, what, how do you, like, that doesn't make any sense. 
make a long word and then it does that. Uh, fear of belly buttons. <laughs> fear of strings. Fear of beards. So there's a ton of weird phobia. Fear of hair. You have hair on you. What are you talking about? Or, or unless you... What? Photophobia. Photophobia. Yeah. Fear of clothing. I don't know how that works. Fear of work. You can't just walk in naked. Fear of work. Uh, fear of making decisions. That's I, I agree with that. Sometimes it's hard to make a decision. Fear of making a decision. Fear of mirrors. Fear of dining with others. That's just be, you being introvert. <laughs> fear of dining with others. Phobophobia. Fear of phobias. Now, I, I said that list because because there's a phobia literally for everything. Like, like as I showed you, the funniest phobias, and then they have, like, the dumbest phobias. But in all seriousness, when you think of, like, phobia, phobia is obviously the another term for fear. But one of the things about phobias for certain people, and someone did a research on this, like, for the serious phobias, it causes them to, like, like stand still and, and be paralyzed like they're afraid like they can't do anything they just see the phobia or whatever and they like they're caught like right here and they just can't move and it's like well that's well that's just that's just ridiculous why can't they move because phobias hit a deeper root because fear is a deep root and in all seriousness I want to I want to read this to you because in all seriousness when you are that terrified you mainly you become paralyzed when you're extremely terrified. If it's a decision, and I'm not just talking about scary movies. I'm not talking about like regular funny phobias. I'm talking about the fear of decisions. I'm talking about the fear of getting in a good relationship. I'm talking about the fear of walking into something that God has for you, the fear of something that's stopping you. Because what fear does is that it stops you and it creates an excuse for you not to walk in what God has for you or what you can get free from. And fear does that. Fear has a, a hold on a lot of our lives. And that's the thing. When I read that statistic of how some believe, it looks like more believers are more, law, are more fearful than lost people, it kind of got me thinking, because of the a, the day and the age we live in, fear is more of a tactic now. Fear is more of a, a better comfort right now, especially what we see on social media, especially the th- stuff we see on the news. Fear is the tactic that the enemy uses on all, his pe- on all God's people. And that's why I wanted to do this series, because Timothy was facing some really big fears, starting a church. What if it doesn't go well? What if I don't get enough people? What if I, what if I have to deal with people? What if I have to deal with stupid people? He's having to figure out how, how to run a church. And he has the fear because he's young. Who's going to listen to him? He's a teen. He's, he just came out of high school. He just came out of a discipleship class. He doesn't know what to expect. So this is, I think this is Timothy's question with Paul. Paul, what if? something happens. What if this happens or that happens? What if? And that word caught me, what if? What if is some of our alarm clocks when we wake up in the morning? What if is the, is the question you ask yourself so that you don't have to do it? What if stops you from a lot of things in your life that's could propel you. It could be a risk of taking that decision, but there could be a great reward. But your question in your head is, what if? 
what if? What if is the biggest question that fear asks you? What if they, what if that, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if? Do you, and that's the question you have to ask yourself, do you feel paralyzed by fear or anxiety in your life? And that's the thing, is it paralyzing you because of, of, what, of what you keep telling yourself? Okay, what if? What if can be used for a lot of things? What if I don't make it in school? What if I fall and slip again into the stuff I'm not, I, I used to be in? What if this or that happens? And it was funny because a friend of mine asked me that, like, like, dude, if I like, what if she rejects me? Like, I want to ask her out, but what if she rejects me? And and the thing is, is that I'm like, no, just ask her, just just do it. Because even uh, even us as Christian guys, we don't have to sugarcoat and be like, oh, God told me to be with you and try and mold this story. Just ask her out on a date. Just ask her out. Don't don't play anything off. Just ask her out. It's that simple. But I realized something from his what if. His what if has a past. His what if has a past. And what I mean by that is that what if she rejects me is that he that's been ha- that's happened to him before. What if has a past. And that happens with me with God when God wants me to face a conflict, I say, God, what if this goes bad? What if I lose somebody? What if this and what if that? Because it's happened before. What if, your what if has a past. Your what if has a past that keeps crawling back and that's why you can't do what you do to your fullest because you're on the traumatic word of what if. The cool part about that word is that, and I've heard this from another pastor, what if goes both ways. It goes both ways. So one time I was asking God about something in ministry and I said, God, what if it doesn't work? What if this happened? You know, just the thoughts you go through. What if, what if, what if? And, and the Lord spoke to me and the first thing he said, he said, well, first off, your what if isn't even real. I'm like, what are you talking about? He was speaking to me and he was saying how because you've seen it before, you think it's going to happen again, but it probably won't even happen. You're believing the what if that might not even come to pass. Your what if is not real. By the spirit of God to every student in here, your what if is not real. Could it be true? Could you see it coming? Maybe, maybe you just have that discernment. But what I'm saying is, is that the what ifs we ask ourselves aren't even true. Most of the time, they're not even true. All the what ifs I've asked I said this in Maine, when Pastor Brandon calls me, I'm thinking, what if I get fired? What if this, what if that, what if this, what if that? And nothing happens. My what if is not real. My what if is not real. But the Lord asked me the same question. He said, and this is the peace of God, y'all. The peace of God is the opposite of the fear of the enemy. So it's, 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 it's separate. Because my fear was, what if this happens? Peace of God was speaking to me and saying, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? What if they, what if they don't? What if this happens? What if it doesn't? Because because it's by faith that I'm believing that what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? What if what I think is going to happen of rejection doesn't even happen? There was a lot of what ifs in my mind when I preached on main stage last uh, two Wednesdays ago. I had a lot of what ifs, but all those what ifs that I thought in my head weren't even true. 
And that's what I want, I want some of y'all to hear in this room. God is saying, what if it doesn't happen? Because you've been taught in your mind, what if this happens? What if that happens? God is saying, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? That's the peace of God. The peace of God is giving you the soft voice of, what if it doesn't really happen? Can you do it? What if it doesn't? And that's why walking in fear is so is so is so heartbreaking to me because walking in fear is different than feeling the fear. You can feel afraid. Your flesh feels the fear. But spiritually, walking in fear is a lot more dangerous than feeling fear. Feeling fear is normal. But walking in fear is where the enemy has you enslaved. That's walking in fear. And this could, and, and here's the thing, and it's not your fault. Some, maybe there's been some things in your life that has caused that. There's been a lot of bad news you've heard. There's been a lot of fear that's been put on your life. But what I want you to know today, and I hope that breaks you free, and I'm going to pray with you after this, is that your what if isn't real. And number two, what if that does not ever happen at all? And that's all on the basis of faith. And I want to show this to you. In John 14, 27, Jesus said to his disciples in verse 27, peace I leave with you. This is the, this is, it's a different translation up there. I used the King James on this one, but I didn't tell Doug the, it was KJ. So peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not, the, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God replaces fear with peace. God replaces fear with peace because, because fear is the ultimate, you're laughing. Fear is the, oh my gosh. Fear is the, fear is the, fear is the tactic that destroys peace. And the reason why you don't experience the peace of God is because fear corrupts your spirit. Fear is the main tactic of what steals your peace. People can't really steal your peace. They can try. But if, but spiritually you can, you have peace. Yeah, people get on my last nerve, but guess what? I have the peace of God. And there's a lot of stuff in your life that's going to cause a lot of destruction and a lot of fear. But peace comes from within. Peace comes from within. But here's the issue. Because we don't understand the difference between the feeling of fear and the spiritual part of fear, y'all pay attention, thank you. Instead of the, the feeling of fear to the spiritual part of fear, if we don't discern that better, then we're always going to walk in fear. You can feel it. There are moments when I feel afraid in a decision, in a, in a ministry problem, in all this stuff. I feel the fear. But I don't have to live in it because I won't get anything done if I live in it. I don't, I can't, you can't get anything done when you live in fear. Because it robs you of the, the risk for reward. It robs you of the... Now, I'm not saying because there's two types of Christians. There's fearful, super fearful Christians that don't even tell anyone about Jesus. And then there's other Christians that are so bold that they tell your convictions for you. That is two of the extreme areas. But the thing about the fearful one is that nothing ever gets done in your life. Because what if or the fear that you have pulls you back and you can't even do anything about it. Because you let fear run your, run your show. You let fear run your show. Second Timothy, back to Second Timothy, 
where it says, for the spirit, um, let me go back up. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or to be timid, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Fear does not come from God. God's power replaces fear. A spirit of fear is the voice of the enemy. It attacks your identity and your confidence. When we walk by the spirit of God, he replaces the fear we've experienced with his power. Actually, the, there's, a few, there's a few scriptures I have in here that I didn't get to write out right here, so I'm going to read it with you on the screen. But it's God's word. God's word gives us promises that what we experience when we choose to walk by the Holy Spirit. So the first one is, he protects you. Proverbs 14, 26. Should be in there. For whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be their refuge. He also leads you to wisdom. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom for who, for all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. He leads you into also into life, rest, peace, and contentment. Proverbs 19.23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. And the last one, he is the, found, he is the fountain of life. Proverbs 14.27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. These scriptures were each component of what should give us peace. He protects me. He gives me wisdom. He gives me rest, peace, and contentment. And he also is the fountain of life so where I can never go dry. This is, and what's funny, put the first scripture up, Matt. The first one I said in the beginning from the Proverbs. So whoever fears the Lord, next one, next verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, next one. The fear of the Lord leads to life, next one. And the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now the same phrase says it over and over and over. The fear of the Lord. Now, the fear, the fear of God does not mean to be afraid of God. That's not what it means. The fear of God means to honor and respect who God is. This is a theological statement that nobody really understands because, because we're so glued to the personal relationship with God that we don't see God as just God. God Here's the funny part. God is God whether we were here or not. God is God even if I live for him or if I don't. God is still God if nobody worships him or not. God is still God because the Bible also says the, if nobody worships, the rocks will cry out to him. The Bible also says that if, G, if he doesn't get praise at all, then the angels in heaven will praise him. So, Jesus, so the Lord is always going to get the praise because he is God. That's the fear of God is knowing that in his name, he has power. In his name, he has strength. In his name, he has dominance. The Lord is above all. That's the fear of God, is understanding who he is. Who he is to me, he's my father. He is a wonderful counselor. He's a comforter. But I know in the word of God, he is almighty. That's who he is. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. And I believe a part of the fear of God is the peace of God. If I rest my head upon the fear of God, if I give him all I have and, and surrender to this, this respect of him, then I will start to understand that fear does not have a hold on me anymore because I give in to the fear of God. I give in to the peace of God. Each phrase that was said in each passage 
in each verse shows me that the fear of God is the start of how to get out of the fear of the enemy. Because the fear of the enemy is evil, it's tactic, it's scary. The fear of God is respect, wisdom, fountain. What else did it say? It said it's the... um. It says some other stuff, but I, but it says the fear of the Lord is very different from the fear of the enemy. All of your like scared decisions in your head, this is what I'm trying to say. Your fear is not from God, first and foremost. Your fear is not from God because God doesn't put fear on his people because that would be really messed up. That would be scary. Why would he put fear on his people? But also... The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if you start to understand that you need to respect God and give him your attention, what this shows God is that he's going to make, help you to get wiser and wiser and where, to where you will be more accessible to the peace of God rather than just click on to fear. Fear is a root, but the peace of God is the stuff that pulls out the root. That's what the peace of God is. That's what the peace of God does is that it pulls out the stuff that causes fear. When we embrace fear and let it affect us, we allow the enemy to influence our heart. But when we embrace the power of the Holy Spirit, fear has no more hold on us. The phrase I want to say tonight, and you can write this down, when we walk in the Holy Spirit's power, we overcome fear. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How do we receive the power God intends to give us? We receive power when we invite the Holy Spirit to walk with us in our daily lives. The Holy Spirit is a source of power. When we surrender our lives to God, he lives in us and supernaturally blesses our lives. Scripture describes the Holy Spirit as our helper and our comforter. When we walk in the fullness of God's spirit, we also walk in God's power. The, whole, the way you have to do this, it causes you to pray because we think everything is so practical. Sometimes things aren't practical when it comes to something spiritual. When something is spiritual and you know it, it doesn't take some easy little steps to do it. It takes, it, takes, it takes God to do it. It takes prayer to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be in my daily life. When we walk by what the Holy Spirit says and what the Holy Spirit does, and when we ask the Holy Spirit to be in our daily lives, fear does not have a hold because we decide who's, on, who's within us and who is on our side. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But are you continuing to ask fear or, or give fear that, that decision? Are you letting fear have that decision? Are you letting fear have the final say in everything that you do? This is why you feel so stuck because you let fear drag you down. But if you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be within me today. Be with me today throughout my throughout uh, going to school, going to work, whatever that looks like, if I can ask the Holy Spirit to be with me, I know for sure by faith that I can overcome fear with him within me. That is the essence of what the Holy Spirit can do. But that's the application. And that's the last thing I want to say. Choose to walk daily with the Holy Spirit. Because I can preach all of this to you and say, walk with the Holy Spirit. But now it's your turn. You have to do this. 
You have to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be with me, walk with me. I want to overcome fear. I don't want fear to be my daily dose of thought. It's killing me. It's destroying me. I need you. I need your peace. This is what you ask him. This is what you ask him. But because if we don't learn to discipline ourselves in asking the Holy Spirit, fear will be the habit we will always run back to. Fear will always be the, the, the one thing that you come on because that's all you have. Fear is all you have. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, fear is not there. Fear is there. Holy Spirit isn't, fear is. Because you give, it to, you give yourself to fear. And that's what walking in fear looks like. And in today's age, everybody walks in fear. Everybody is so fearful. Now, I'm not saying to be overly confident and, and think you're going to be perfectly fine. We live in a fallen world. Some of us, we're going to we're going to have hard lives. We're going to have hard trials. But am I going to be so fearful to the point where I'm not going to live my life for the Lord because fear is stopping me from doing it? When I choose to let the Holy Spirit walk with me, I overcome fear. I overcome fear. But if I decide to let fear be the final say, I won't do anything. I'm not going to do anything. If I would have let fear have the final say, I would not be up here. I would not be doing what I'm doing because I let fear have the final say. But let your what if be the other what if. What if I don't end up being in ministry? God told me, what if you do end up? I called you to it. What if I put you here or there? You don't know. Trust me. This is about trust. I know love, it says love, perfect love casts out all fear, but trust, trusting in God. Because one of the things that I've learned is that when you, when you live in fear, you don't trust God. The reason why I say that is because when you live in fear and understand, it's like, I, I saw this analogy. It's like, it's like when there's a burning building and Superman is literally right here on the side of your homie and he's like, oh no, what's going to happen? I'm so afraid. What do we do? I think Superman would be a little disrespected because Superman can honestly just stop the fire, blow the wind, whatever he has, and blow it on the house. But because they were so filled with fear, they didn't trust who could do it. We need to learn to trust God even though we don't see it. Now, it's easier said than done, but if, you're, if you've been mature enough in your walk with God, if you've been mature enough with your relationship with Christ, you will understand that walking with him causes you, one, one, and I said this before, the, the more mature you are in Christ determines how quick you obey him. If I, now, like I said, and this is very hard to say because I don't do this all the time. We all do this. We don't easily just obey God when we see what's in front of us, when we don't know the outcome, when I don't know the blueprint, I'm not doing it. But that is the first step of growth, of trusting God. What's ahead could be fearful. You're afraid of what's going to happen. But if I'm trusting God for the, for the valley ahead, whatever it is, I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be afraid. But if I learn, if I live in fear, I'm not going to get anywhere. Fear is an isolation. Fear is a holding tactic. Fear is a prison. Fear is a place that will stop you from doing stuff that God has called you to do. And, it's, and it takes away your freedom in your relationship with God. Here's one of the fears that I want to end with before I close. 
one of our biggest fears is that what if God doesn't forgive me? Sounds really dumb. But for some of us, we believe that. I've had this thought. I'm your pastor and I've had this thought. I've had this thought of what if God really can't forgive this? What if he can't? Y'all, that what if is the most, is the like the biggest lie that the enemy has ever told you, ever. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. As a believer, repentance is the way, but if you let fear, the fear of what if, what if he doesn't forgive me? You need to break that off your life. That shame and fear holding you from being forgiven. Because you can be. Whatever you've done that you don't tell other people, God's going to forgive that. I'm not just talking about the stuff you tell people. I'm saying the stuff that you hide behind the clothes that you wear. You hide behind the inside of you. God is going to forgive that. But your what if of what's behind is, is, is far, more, uh, far harder to forgive for you than it is your what if on the outside. Your what if on the outside, yeah, God can forgive that. God can forgive my, my little addictions and stuff like that. He can forgive that. But what's deeper within me that God can forgive? Stuff that I don't tell people. Stuff that I don't say. Can God really forgive that? Yes. He can ultimately forgive that. But the question is, is that can you believe that God can forgive? But is it because of your what if? Is it because of your what if? Don't walk in fear anymore. Let the Holy Spirit help you to walk in trusting him and walking in faith and walking in the peace that he has. Because right now, some of y'all walk in fear in the fact of, I don't think God can forgive me. Uh, this is kind of unforgivable. What I've done is messed up. I can't do that. That what if is not real. It's not real. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. No talking. Some of y'all are living in fear. And it's heavy. Maybe it's news that people have given you, like bad news that people have given you, fear that people have given you. Maybe it's stuff that you've given, that you've told yourself, or maybe it's the enemy playing with your mind, giving you fear. Let's break that off your life tonight. I believe the Spirit of God is here. The presence of God is here. And I want you to know tonight that God is going to meet you where you are. That's not a what if he'll meet you. I believe he can meet you. But the question for you is, is that are you willing to let him enter that heart and help you overcome that what if, overcome that fear? Are you willing to let God overcome that fear? The second thing is, is that, is there something in your life you really believe that God can't forgive? What if he really can't, man? This is, this is a lot. I've done so much, I don't think he can. If that's you, if you're these two subjects, if you're the first one where you have so much fear that you need the Holy Spirit, and then second, you really believe that God can't forgive what you've done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. 
there's, there's some stuff that you've done that you feel like God can't forgive and there's some fear that you can't get over. Thank you for raising your hand. You can throw it back down. Before I pray over you, I want you to know something right now. Your what if is not real. Your what if is not real. I hear talking in the back, stop talking. I hear your what if. God says that. He says he hears your what if. And he wants you to know that it's not real because he's with you. It's not real because he's for you. It's not real because he's all around you. He's with you. And he wants you to know the question. You ask the question, can God really forgive what I've done? What if God can't forgive it? But can God really forgive it? The Lord is saying right now, yes, absolutely. Actually, he's saying, I would love to forgive you for that. God is saying, all I care about, I don't care about what you've done. All I care about is that you come back to me. You come back to talk to me. I would rather you tell me what you've done than not tell me at all because I want my relationship with you back. This is what God's speaking to you. He is saying, please come back. Talk to me. Talk to me. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, talk to me. Because, because if you don't tell him, if you live off the what if, he can't forgive you. You have to bring it to him. And you something in your life you haven't brought to God. I want you to bring it to God in this moment. I'm not going to pray for you yet. I want you in your own little moment, give what you have. Say, Lord, I, I give you my fear. I give you what I've done wrong. I give you these things. I had the what if. I thought you couldn't. But now that I understand that you can, Lord, please take it. Take this fear. But Lord, if you don't, Lord, if you don't take this fear, I want you to give me the grace to get through it. For some of you, you are afraid and you say to yourself, what if God can't take away the fear? I want to give you some truth. Even though he might not take away the fear, what if he can give you the grace and the empowerment to get through that fear? If he can't take it away, you know for sure that his grace is going to walk you through it. He's for you, y'all. He's not against you. He's for you. Someone in here needs to hear that because you've been living in fear. You've been living in the what if. You've been living in the what if he can't forgive. What if he can't do this? What if God is not with me anymore? No, 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 no. That is lies the enemy has spoken to you and you need to bind that off of your life. And I'm gonna pray that over you. But you need to understand something. It's not real. God is for you. God is for you. So Father, we come before you. Lord, we have a lot of what ifs. Lord, we have a lot of questions. Lord, there's a lot of fear in, in our hearts right now. Lord, we need you to break off these lies. We need you to break off this fear. Lord, we understand that you tell us, come to me and tell me what you've been through. Tell me what you've done so I can restore you so that you can be in the family of God. God is saying, just tell me. Don't be afraid. Tell me what you've been going through. Tell me what's been bothering you. Tell me what's been hurting you. Tell me the fears that you believe. Tell me. The Spirit of the Lord says, tell me. Talk to me. 
Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm your father. Talk to me. Talk to me. Father, we thank you for your truth. Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I believe that you have moved at least one heart in this room, that they can understand that their what if is not real and that what's true is that you're with them and that you're gonna give them the grace to go through this fear if you don't take it away. Father, we thank you for your grace because it is the empowerment for us to move forward. It's the empowerment for us to break free of whatever we're dealing with. It breaks us free, Lord, so we thank you for that. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit works within us daily and that we are able to not walk in fear anymore, that your Holy Spirit is with us every day, Lord. Help us to pray for that. Help us to to dwell within that, Lord. Let your Spirit hover over us as we go to school, work, family. Father, we ask for your presence as it helps us overcome fear. Lord, we thank you. We honor you, Lord, that even in week one, Lord, we know even though it sounds great, oh, we're fearless, we're all this, but Lord, we're tired of fear. I'm tired of fear. So, Lord, we thank you for your revelation that the what if is not true and that you're with us till the day that we meet with you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.